Good evening. I'm October Weeks, paranormal horror dark fantasy author. I also write paranormal romance under the name Libby Bishop. Welcome to Haunted October's Paranormal Podcast. Grab your favorite drink, cozy up around the campfire, and enjoy the show. So tonight I'm going to do something a little different, and I'm going to read from one of my books. I'm going to read from Over the River, which is Isles and West Book One. It was requested um, by a few readers if I could read one of my books. Um, in my podcast and we'll see how this goes and if it goes over really well with you guys I'm going to make it a weekly thing I'll do um, a story read like in the middle of the week and then my usual Saturday podcast Um, but we'll see how this one goes and you guys can leave your comments and let me know what you think Um, I'm gonna forewarn you (laughs) uh, that I'm not the greatest audio reader but I will do my best Um, to do justice to my words. So I am starting about um, chapter four, and that's because that's kind of right into their investigation, so there's more action and suspense. So without further ado, (laughs) here we go. And just a little bit of setup, they are on the Faust property, and they are going inside the homestead right now. So here we go. A porch swing with chipped paint lolled on the far right side as they stepped, uh, stepped in front of the steps. The left side chain had rusted and broken off so that the swing was touching the porch. The scene fit perfectly with the house, broken, rusted, and decaying. On ease fluttered in, De- in Delilah's stomach the more she focused on the swing. Dark butterflies multiplied with each heartbeat. Strange that it's broken like that, Millie said, considering they're trying to sell the house, I mean. Tearing her gaze from the swing, Delilah replied, yeah, but it hasn't had a showing in ten years for some weird reason. No one's come to check on it, that's all. Yet, Millie's comment had deepened the unease in her, causing the flutters in her stomach to quicken. Millie shrugged. Or the ghost did it. Or that. Delilah turned her gaze to the door. Are you ready for this, Millie? Millie took a deep breath. The moment her friend stepped foot on the stairs, she was going to get flashes of the past, showing the life there and how people had died. Jocelyn couldn't block Millie's gift completely, and Delilah was quite happy about that. I'm I'm ready, Millie said, dropping her hand from her hip. You? After what we just learned? Hell yes. They took their first step in unison, as was normal for them. The energy shifted from eyes watching her to a darker edge of warning, and the flutters became more erratic, spreading from her stomach to the rest of her body. Instinct, training, and experience all told her that the Faust homestead was held together by darkness, fear, and twisted energy. Go away, a little voice whispered. Leave. Please leave. With that whisper in her mind, the darker edge of warning got a bit sharper. Jocelyn did not want them there. Too damn bad for her. The back door looked sturdy but run down. Uriah had given them the key but was not certain if the lock would budge since it hadn't been used in a decade. That many years of being subjected to Vermont weather could do a lot to the exterior of a building. Millie took another deep breath before grasping the door gently, slowly. She stiffened for a moment. Oh, Lila, she does not want us in there. I know, Delilah replied softly. I can feel it. Millie inserted the key into the lock, and after a little muscling, the door unlocked. She turned the knob and pushed it open. The wood creaked loudly in response as if the house were protesting their intrusion. 
The door opened into a kitchen that had been top of the line in its day. They'd seen and been around the air, the that era before during investigation, so they knew what they were looking at. Money. Jocelyn had had it, and Delilah didn't doubt for a moment that the woman had used every penny to keep herself in good standing with the community. Every detail of the house, from paint to furniture to appliances, was meant to create whatever illusion Jocelyn wanted her peers to believe. The house was quiet and calm as Delilah closed the door. She barely felt the warning to go away, and a very quiet hum of energy hinted in the air. Millie, walking the, walking the kitchen, gasped when she touched the stove. Delilah stayed by the door and let Millie do her thing. In cases like this, with the spirits unable to show themselves to her, Millie, letting Millie take the lead was best. Her friend could still connect with the energy of the area and get flashes of the past. Jocelyn is happy, cooking, humming even, Millie said. She swang to the beat, and there's a baby in the room with her. No, sorry, two babies are with her. Twins. Delilah filed that away in her memory, right next to Paul's name. They'd known about the twins, so it was the happy part she wanted to file away, especially after what they'd seen and heard outside. Millie shook her head. She's happy about them, especially the one with the light hair. A soft breath came out of her after a moment, the past letting her go. She turned to Delilah. That was strange. Mmm, Delilah replied. Delilah stayed where she was as Millie continued to roam the kitchen. Millie touched the counter on the other side of the room, flinching slightly less than before. A young child, a girl, she's crying, asking her mother to pick her up. Jocelyn won't. She's angry at one of the other children, flustered, but still in control. Millie's brows furrowed. She's telling them to shut up, for them all to shut up, all five of them, even a baby. There's a boy now, 10 or 11. He's gently shooing the children out of the kitchen before Jocelyn can stick scare them any more than she already has. He looks worried as they pass him and leave the room. She hands him the baby and goes back to where she was standing. One of the twins, Delilah could only guess. Millie's gift was bringing her into the past, as if she were standing right in it, looking through a ghost's eyes. Which of the twins was Millie seeing through? He's looking at Jocelyn, questioning her. She's smiling, pleased, chuckling even. Millie's brows Millie's eyebrows furrowed. She's thanking him. He's turning to follow the children. She's looking at me, telling me to be a good young man and see to the fireplace. Millie's body relaxed as the connection to the past broke. It must have been the other twin, Millie said as she turned to Delilah. He felt that age anyway. The one she liked? Yes, Millie answered as she moved around the kitchen, running her hands lightly over the old table, the edge of the sink, and along the counter. There's nothing else in here, not right now at least, she said as she met Delilah's gaze again. The energy is quiet to me, barely a hum. Delilah wondered if the rest of the house was going to be like that, or if it would change room to room. Let's walk through the house and see what else we can find. A hallway laid beyond the kitchen door. There was a large living room to the left and a stairway to the right, along the wall. They walked into the living room and Millie slipped in front of Delilah. Someone was in the room with them. The light, sorrow-tinged energy of a female child wrapped the air. Delilah didn't push or ask her to come out. The child would come when she wanted to, if she could. Millie, ha Millie put a hand on the couch. Quiet. Complete silence. Jocelyn refuses to let four of the children leave the room as punishment for playing. They must be completely silent until she dismisses them. Her hand slipped off the couch. 
She walked over to the cabinet that held fine dishes and cups, dusty with age. No member of the Foss family had wanted anything, and so it would all be included with the house. A gift from a family member. An uncle, I think? Millie's eyes closed as she reached into the past. The children were not allowed to run in here, just gentle, soft footsteps for fear of breaking the items. Yes, an uncle. I can see him, feel a connection. She lived with him for some time. She shook her head. I can't see why. Millie moved near the fireplace and placed a hand on the wooden mantle. A man gave this to her as a gift to replace the old one. I can't see him though. Whoever I'm seeing through can, but he's blurry to me. She moved her hand to the stone of the fireplace and down the set of down to the set of fire pokers. She flinched. Millie? Delilah whispered. A child is being hurt with these, and the one I'm seeing through is being forced to watch. Anger threaded every word. Oh, hells, it's brutal. She's killing the girl. Yes, a girl. With it. Stabbing and beating. Millie let go of the pokers. The ire draining from her face as she turned to Delilah. That was unnecessary brutality to prove a point to the child who was forced to watch. Fury filled Delilah, but she swallowed it down, hard and quickly, as Millie had. That intense anger was going to have to wait until they knew what they were up against. They had plenty of practice, in training and on cases, with shutting down emotions that would feed the attacker. A tiny pulse of energy came, from down, the, came down from the ceiling, running down the walls. It was barely noticeable as if the room had chilled for a split second, then warmed. As warm as it could get, with no heat, that is. Delilah recognized the energy immediately. Joslyn, she's upstairs. We should check up there now, Millie said, before she decides to go quiet again. I agree. A soft breeze touched Delilah's back before they stepped out of the living room. Cool and tentative. A child's touch. You should leave. Delilah turned around. A little girl stood by the couch. Blonde hair, green eyes, tattered dress and shoes. Hello, my name is Delilah. Susanna, the girl whispered. She looked no older than seven. You should leave. Why should we leave? She'll be upset with us. Why? The girl was gone before Delilah could get the word out. Why? She whispered. She turned to, Del turned to Millie, who was a couple feet behind her. Millie shook her head. There's a boy here, Delilah. I saw him flash in my mind. Blonde hair, a teenager. I think the twin Jocelyn liked. Paul. She had no doubt, especially with, the, with what the boy by the sandbox had told her. He shoots Susanna off, Delilah said with understanding. The girl I just saw. Did you pick up anything on her? No, the teenager was blocking me. But did she have blonde hair and green eyes? Delilah, Delilah raised her eyebrows slightly. Yeah? That was the girl who was being murdered. Oh, that poor little girl, Delilah thought. Right at that moment, she wanted to set eyes on the woman who had done the killing. Shall we go upstairs? We shall. They turned and walked back to the stairway. Delilah a step behind her friend. He walked these stairs like he owned them, the teenager, Millie said, her voice calm. He has a high opinion of himself. And that would be his mother's doing, Delilah murmured, more to herself than to Millie. Millie gave a nod as they continued to walk. Delilah paused at the top of the stairs to observe her surroundings. Bedrooms stood on each side of her, and four more doorways stood open farther down the hall. Though the rooms had obviously belonged to the children, all were empty and void of energy. She and Millie yanked down the hardwood floors, walked 
down the hardwood floors. As they entered another hallway, she caught a quick glimpse of the world outside through the windows overlooking the front yard. A doorway led to each side of the hall, and she presumed they were both bedrooms as well. However, what caught her attention was the final room at the very end with its door closed. Delilah gasped as a child appeared in front of her, four or five years old, with sandy blonde hair and blue eyes. This was the same girl she'd seen in the window. The child shook her head, and a deep sadness settled in her eyes as if she had never felt happiness. Delilah's heart ached. She knelt in front of the girl, hand out, hand reaching out to touch her tiny shoulder. Hello, sweetheart. What's wrong? She can't speak, Millie said quietly. She was born with something wrong with her vocal cords. Jocelyn thought she was worthless, so they kept her inside the house for her entire life, until she died of pneumonia, Millie said with a hardness in her tone. Delilah kept looking at the girl. They nailed her window open in the dead of winter, and the boy tied her to the bed. She was useless, a worthless mouth to feed. That's what they told her. Delilah's heart broke. Oh, sweetheart. She smoothed her fingers over the girl's hair. I'm so sorry. Tears stung her eyes. Dread hit her deep inside. And she moved her gaze to the bedroom door 15 feet down the hallway. Anger filled the house, vibrating the walls and floors. Needle pricks ran straight up her spine, burning white hot. The girl disappeared, and Delilah stood with Millie at her side. A breeze rushed through the hallway, and all the doors slammed shut. She knows. Jocelyn's no Jocelyn knows what we are, Millie said, and she knows we won't push it the first go-around. Delilah wasn't surprised. Jocelyn knew about gifts with the dead because she had had one of her own. But how deep did her gift run, and how well did she know how to abuse it? The house suddenly shifted into the past, and Jocelyn Faust, somewhere in her late 20s and pregnant, stood in the open door in front of them. The woman paused, staring hard at the intruders in her, her home. Everything grayed as her eyes narrowed with fury so deep that Delilah's skin itched as if embers had touched her. A heady gust of sudden wind knocked them several feet back into the wall and to the floor. This is my house, you filthy excuses for women, the ghost said, appearing in front of them. Jocelyn, Jocelyn's energy was potent, very potent. Get out and mind your own business, Dalton. Just like a snap of her fingers, the image of Jocelyn was gone, along with her energy and anger. The air stilled, and her bedroom door closed once more. Well, Millie snorted lightly. Nice to meet you too, bitch. Delilah smiled briefly. Guess that was our introduction to Miss Jocelyn Faust. They stood, and Delilah had the distinct impression that that little show was a warning and that Jocelyn had no intention of being so nice next time. The uneasy flutters in her stomach when she saw the porch swing, the anger that had vibrated the walls and floors and had permeated from Jocelyn's spirit, the gust of wind that had just knocked them to the floor, meant Jocelyn had more power than she was displaying. She had held back. She pulled us into a memory together and back out to the present, fluidly, Millie said. That takes a hell of a lot of energy. I doubt any of that energy is actually hers, though. Delilah agreed, especially since Jocelyn could siphon the energy of the dead. Poor woman, trying to scare us away like that, Millie tisked. How did she know your maiden name is Dalton? I don't know. The ghosts that don't that tend don't like us tend to make that very clear, don't they? Millie went on. No matter how she knows you're a Dalton, 
She probably thinks using that name will somehow make us turn away from the case. Delilah agreed completely with that theory. Unfriendly ghosts were quirky like that. Let's go ahead and leave Millie. Gather what info we have with what we've learned and see what pattern forms. It's obvious she doesn't want us meddling. There's a reason for that. Oh, you know why that is, Lila? Because she's a murderer. And that was the end of chapter four. And I know I stuttered in a few places and I apologize, but I do hope that you liked um, that little sneak peek of Over the River. Um, that is available now as our book two and book three. Um, like I said in my previous podcast, I, um, I am working currently on book four for Delilah and Millie, and I'm super excited for you guys to be able to read it. Um, I'm about a quarter of the way through it now, so it's starting to come along really nicely. To answer a fan question real quick, um, I had they had asked if I what my grand plan was for the Isles and West world and the answer is to write as many books as I can before I die. <laughs> I'm not joking. There are so many nooks and crannies in Delilah and Millie's world and they can't see all of them cuz they're not in all of them. So I have the Saint series that I'm working on um, and I have a few others that I'm working on including a dark cozy which I mentioned um, in another previous podcast so um, I do not plan on ever stopping writing in the Isles and West world so if, if you enjoy those books uh, never fear because I'm planning on writing them for a very very long time so if you guys enjoyed having me um, read a story, let me know and I can do a Haunted October um, Paranormal Podcast Story Hour or something uh, during the middle of the week. And you can let me know if you want me to read from my current available books or if you want little snippets of books I'm working on. Um, or even if you'd like me to try and write, you know, um, new material for you guys just for the story hour which I think would be kind of cool to have an original story um, to read, you know, once a week to you guys. I think that would actually be really awesome, actually. <laughs> um, so uh, let me know how you liked it and what you would like to see going forward if you want me to keep doing like a story podcast. And until the next podcast, thank you so, so much for joining me tonight and have a great evening.